Welcome to the Real Guy Podcast. I got Levant Jones and Norm Beckoff in here today. And uh, I gotta say, Norm showed up smelling pretty good. So it's a way to kick it off, Norm. Appreciate it. Well, you know, I mean, I, I got off, I, I kind of got to offset everything else that's going on around here, you know what I mean? So. Well, you didn't I, even hear the last episode we did, but it was big, big into uh, whether you're. Uh, Sporting Old Spice, Right Guard, Brute 33, Aqua Volva. I'm going with Dracar today. Dracar Noir. Yep, Dracar Noir. Kicking it old school. Dracar Noir. Yep. You got that for like Christmas in your Christmas stock. It, pretty much. Like 17. Pretty much. <laughs> I just found an old bottle and dusted it off and uncapped it and away we went. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys don't know who Norm Beckoff is... Norm and uh, his father started the water taxi service here in Fort Lauderdale. What year was that, Norm? That was 1988. 1988. So uh, that was my sophomore year at the University of Connecticut. They started off. Yep. And uh, well, you guys start off one boat. Well, you were you were just down the street from me. Right. You. I was at the University of Hartford. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought you meant down the street from you here. Dude, our whole lives are like six degrees of separation. So you went to Hartford? I went I went to Utah for three semesters and then I and then I transferred. Where'd you go after that? Uh, the American University in Washington D.C. That's a heck of a transfer. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we would we would go to the uh, sorority parties at Hartford. Yeah. And the chicks were out of control. Uh huh. I, I mean, still for Connecticut. I just had. Let me tell you something. I just had two of them down here last week. They came down. I hadn't seen them in thirty years. Old alumni friends. Yeah. From Hartford. From Hartford. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, uh, Norm grew up right here in Fort Lauderdale. and um, Two streets over from you? Yeah, two streets over from me, right off Los Olos Boulevard. So the kids, guy's been around here forever. And uh, currently he's running boats right now. Um, he's got his own sport fish boat. What's that, a 20? It's a 28 Ricky Scarborough what center years, console. What year is that? 1977. Hall number three. Hall number three, yeah, Ricky we, Scarborough. We thought it was number one, and then Scarborough confirmed that it was number three. So Ricky's so, still alive. It, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, man had a uh, 44 built by him in 1984. And uh, so, I mean, I've, I've got a long history with... with Scarboroughs. You know, Scarboroughs and Carolina boats. I mean, they're just simply, you know, you ain't going to get any better than a Carolina boat. I'll go anywhere in the world on a Carolina boat. So that's like your taste. Uh, it really is. Well, I'm pretty fired up about the little Ricky Scarborough because Norm and I have plans to go catch a blue marlin right off the coast here of Fort Lauderdale. Yep. And it's really not that big of a deal, but it is good to have the right boat. And then you got to put in a little bit of time and you got to do everything correct to catch a marlin. And uh, Norm and I have been talking about this, kind of beating around the bush, but we, we finally decided to actually get a game plan. Yeah, well, you know, look, let's face it. Years ago, when, when when we were coming up anyway, our dads didn't go out dolphin fishing, and they didn't go out wahoo fishing. That was all bycatch. Right. Okay? We went out there to catch sailfish, white marlin, blue marlin, or swordfish. That's, that was it. We were, that's it, exactly. Okay? And that's all we wanted to catch, and it didn't matter. Okay? And if you happen to catch a dolphin, fine. If you happen to load the boat with them, fine. But... You know, it, it wasn't our main quarry. And I just, you know, over the years, it kind of seems like, uh, it kind of <laughs> seems like, you know, now all of a sudden everybody wants to go catch bycatch. And that's now they got bycatch tournaments. Fun fish. Yeah, they're fun fish. They didn't even have, they didn't even have a name f for the specific fish in the divisions. They were just called fun fish. Right, fun fish. Right. The, uh, well, I mean, I remember in the late 70s and early 80s, all the tournaments were called... Billfish, billfish tournaments. tournaments, absolutely. So you had the Fort Lauderdale Billfish Tournament, the Dade Billfish Tournament, the, the Miami Billfish, billfish Tournament. tournament. Right, yeah. everything was the Billfish everything. Tournament. And then if you tied and somebody caught like a 30-pound, you know, uh, black fin tuna yeah. or a big wahoo or something. You got a little money for it and you got a trophy for it or something like that. Right, it was like recognition. Exactly. And then, so what changed that? Sariousness. Yeah, I, I, just lowering of standards. Sarisnism. The you tournaments know. did it to themselves. Look, well, uh, I, I think the tournaments. I, no, I think the tournaments adjusted to the anglers. But let's just say that along with a lot of other things, is the bars have been set way low now. Yeah. So, like, if you buy a boat and you buy some rods and everything, you can enter a tournament. 
you have a shot. Right. You can get yeah. in there. You can get your kingfish, your sailfish. Or, prepackaged. Right. Your tuna. Everything's prepackaged now. Right. Okay. So, and then you get, you know, like instant gratification. Yeah, exactly. You're somebody, if you go out and catch a 30-pound kingfish. Well, you know, I, I'll tell you where it really, where, where, where that really happened was with SKA. SKA changed the face of tournaments altogether. Okay, when we were when we were uh, coming up and fishing tournaments, nobody wore team shirts and team this and their hats and they had you know it was it wasn't anything like that. Okay, there was camaraderie. Everybody wore the same tournament shirt. No, not not when not not back in the day. Huh? But like I'm just saying, if you and I were both in the. Um, Fort Lauderdale Billfish Tournament. We oh, both yeah, yeah, got yeah, those yeah. shirts. The actual, from the tournament right, from itself. From the shirts. Then we'd wear the shirts. But there were no team shirts. Right. Okay. We were showing up with team shirts. Lunker Dog. There wasn't team this. There were right. team that. Okay. Right. And and SKA changed it. Okay. And now you got SKA coming along. All right. And they, and they set up a whole circuit. And they changed the face of really... You know, sport fishing in South Florida and, and really all around the Gulf and, and up the East Coast to, to the Carolinas. Uh, because now, all of a sudden, everybody had to go 50 miles an hour. Right. Okay, with, with, with you know, big rocket ship engines and they got their team shirts and their sponsors. And that's another thing that's changed all that with sponsors, you know. Well, the sponsor thing always seems to change everything. Including the SKA, but the SKA is the first time I've ever seen anybody actually weigh a kingfish in a tournament. Well, or, no, by the pound. The only other time, <laughs> the only other time that yeah. I've heard of people weighing kingfish is by the ton. You know, like oh, the commercial, commercial guys. Guy. Yeah, right. exactly. The commercial guys would weigh a kingfish, yeah. but never once did like me and my old man come in, get off the boat, you know, at Lauderdale Marina at a registered scale and weigh a kingfish. A kingfish. Yeah. Now you got guys sporting their kingfish. All Do they over, still have the Fort Lauderdale Billfish Tournament? No. There's no, no it's gone away. Tournaments here? No Billfish Tournament for away. Fort Lauderdale. And then the Miami Billfish Tournament, I think, is just a swordfish tournament now, if they even have it at all. Um, no, there is still a Miami Billfish, Billfish tournament. tournament. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. But now, of course, you know, swordfishing is also kind of bringing that all back, too, because now you got swordfish tournaments. That's good. That You know, because then what you got is you got guys... That are going out there and they're heavily invested in the sport and they're going to go out there and they're and they're looking for a billfish uh but to you know nobody tries to catch a blue marlin in south florida anymore no. who goes out there and pulls dredges and teasers and big baits and no. nobody does that no. and the ratios out here are almost as good as a lot of good places where they go out and have the blue marlin tournaments some places out in the you know the bahamas and things like that as a matter of fact what was that? Uh, when we built the Envy, which was my 31 Bertram, mm-hmm. and we specifically built that boat, or rebuilt that boat, I should say, so we could target swordfish and blue marlin right here off the coast of Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And that was like 14, 15 years ago. No, a little less, oh, than, that. less than that. 11, 12 years yeah. ago. And um, we actually spent some time right out front here, you know, actually chasing blue marlin, and we did fairly well. I mean, we caught, I don't know, Maybe a half a dozen blue marlin in like a three-year period. Yeah. Probably out of like, I don't know, call it 20 trips or whatever. Yeah. That's, and, um, that's not horrible considering, you know, look, I mean, let's face it. It's South Florida. This, this, it's not. And, and how many times did you really try in a, in a given year? Well, that's what I mean. We only tried maybe <laughs> half a dozen times, you know. and Exactly. But if you did a half a dozen times, you'd come back with one or two fish. And we raised a lot of fish. So not like we caught every single one of them, but I would say half the time that we went out there targeting them, we had one in the spread. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, heck, we got two um, on YouTube. Well, last last year, there was, I went for a stretch in the springtime where every day we caught a dolphin, there was a bill mark in one of them. Every day. Right. Every time we fished. It was about a five-trip stretch, and I tell you, you know who catches a bunch of them? You know, not a bunch, but is fairly consistent with them, is the L and H. Yeah, the L and H. Okay. But those guys are phenomenal. Yeah, no, I understand that, and they're fishing in a great area too. Yeah, get closer yeah, to the mark so they can hear you. They're fishing in a great area too. Yeah, it's a little bit, little bit better than here, but yeah. But no, those L and H guys are phenomenal fishermen. Yeah. I mean, they stand out over the rest, and um, that's Jimmy. Who are those guys? Jimmy David. 
Jimmy David down there at uh, Crandon. Crandon Marina. Yeah, right in Key Biscayne. And, um, I mean, literally, between, well, the cutting edge and the L&H, mm-hmm. I mean, hand over fist, they catch like 80% of the stuff that comes in on that dock down there. I mean, really good. They outfish some guys in the Keys. They're charter guys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're charter guys. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think they they charter fish. They do it the right way. They do it for the right reasons. They're actually trying to catch a lot of big fish. The um, but fishing for Blue Mile on that old Ricky Scarborough, kind of like going to the dog track or the horse track. Like you can't just go out there, not looking really good, and expect to perform at a high level. You know, it's 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 all about the game, okay? Well, well like like for instance, Quint at Diorca, that old that old <laughs> crap boat that he had, he, he wasn't doing Blue Marlin on that boat. No, uh, uh-uh. he was he was he was a cod fisherman at right, best. Cod fisherman, a shark fisherman, yeah. blue fisherman. Yeah. But he wasn't out there. A loser. Hey, he he, he hates Quint. Yeah, I, you know, I got to tell you something. I I got mixed feelings about Quint. I really do. I mean, I think the guy probably came from a from a from a uh, big background, and he probably had a lot of big sharks under his belt. But I got to tell you what, man, the guy got paid ten thousand dollars to go and catch a shark, and he didn't bring a mate. Now, who does that, dude? Who does that? that? Well, Quint did that. Well, but why? You got. You're gonna pay in, 19, in 1977. You're gonna pay a mate. tops. Right. Okay, and you're getting paid $10,000. So you think Quint came from, like, a solid background? I, you know... See, I I was under the impression that, like, his old man was his drunk. He didn't know who his mom was. So, like... I think he was a drunk because his old man was good. I think he was drunk because Lamont called him out as a liar. Well, look, let's (laughs) face it. You know, he, 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 he went through three wives... The second wife, no, two wives. He went through two wives, and after the second one, he got he got he got his ass whooped, uh, you know, in a in a San Diego bar. That big Chinese guy, he pulled him right over. Right. Okay. So he can't extend his arm. How good of a fisherman can he be? Well, the guy from there's one of those dudes from Wicked Tuna, uh, like when they fish down there in the Carolinas. He's only got one arm. That's right. But he stinks. He comes in like last. Comes in like last. But he should get a handicap because he's a one-armed captain. So he should get two points for every pound of fish that he catches. I don't know. So he can compete with the other Wicked Tuna losers. <laughs> hey, he'd be doing a lot of things with one arm. A lot of people with two arms can't even do. <laughs> <laughs> but but I guarantee you that Quint was not out there polishing the piss out of his tow rail like you do, Norm. He didn't even have a tow rail. Right. Or I would appreciate one. Okay. He didn't even have a tow rail. Now, if you're going to go out and catch marlin, don't you think you got to have a tow rail? I think it helps. Okay, I do. I think if you go out there and you look good... Well, I'm going to put it to you another way. In 1989, I think it was, we went... I was working on a couple of boats, a couple of different boats in, uh, in St. Thomas. Okay. Virgin Islands. Virgin Islands. Doing the blue marlin thing in the summertime. Okay. And we went for a stretch where the only boats that raised fish and caught fish, and it was weird. I don't know why it happened, but it was like a five-day stretch right after the moon in July. Okay. And the only boats that caught, raised and caught fish were custom boats. And that was back when the 54 Bertram was big. Right. Okay. That's a big deal. All right, but the only boats that caught fish were for whatever boats. reason were custom boats, and why? Because they had tow rails. <laughs> hey, there must. Hey, it's legitimate. It's science. It's not just legitimate. It's science. Well, it's a legitimate accessory for a fine boat to have a teak tow rail, mahogany tow rail, some sort of wood tow rail. Now yours is teak, correct? Yeah, it's it's teak, and I got to tell you something. When I bought the boat, you know, it was. It, it was the whole boat was ratty I mean it was really super ratty I mean the paint was gone there was no varnish on the tow rail it was I, or whatever there was left of it it was pretty much gone and you know I as I was guiding in the keys I had a lot of 
my charter boat friends would tell me, oh, you just got to paint that thing and be done with it. Uh, and I wrestled with that for the better part of two years. Like but whether or not to whether or not just paint over? Yeah. And you know what? I decided to just go with the varnish, okay? Um, because in the end of the day, it's still a custom Carolina boat. No, that's the so way you to gotta stick to your heritage. That's the way to keep it up. That'd be like, you know, putting white walls on like a seventy nine Mustang or something. You, know, <laughs> just, you just don't do that. No. So good for you, but how many hours how many hours a year are you putting in to keep that teak toe rail up the par, make not, it look snazzy? Not much. What not are you thinking? Much. Uh, not much. I mean it's probably two or three coats every six months and that's really all it takes after you get it done right the first time it's going to take a few days to to get it and we had to strip it and sand it and and do all that kind of happy stuff to it uh so that took about three or four days to really get it right uh and then you know we're going to put some more we'll 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 add some coats to it probably here in july or august well you know you're like kind of like the last of the mohicans there's not too many guys that actually own Ricky Scarborough's, especially here in Fort Lauderdale, that are doing their own teak work on their boat. No, it's not. It's not. Well, I I get some. I've got some help though. I've got some help. I don't do it all myself. Um, it just depends on how busy I am because I've got so much other work that I'm doing. If it gets t- down to it, I got to call somebody and say, "Hey, listen, I need you to slap a couple of coats on here. It's getting bad." <laughs> so you know? you'll get you'll get like those oh, teak I'll, dudes out there for you. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they're worth every penny. There's a there's a zillion guys, and you know you got to your tow rail has to support your local economy to some extent too. Okay, <laughs> I mean you really do. Okay, so if you've got a boat like this and you do all the work yourself, okay, you're just you know you're pr- you're pretty selfish. So you got to spread it around just a little bit, not much, just a little bit. I think Quint was doing most of the stuff himself. $10,000 and he doesn't hire a mate. Quint has he had no business jobs. being out there. He had no he, he had no business being out there. He's like Mark the Shark. He had to sell shark jaws mm-hmm. out of his house. And moonshine. Yeah, exactly. He had to supplement his income. That's how moonshine? bad he was. was he mo- wasn't a full-time guy. Was it, the moonshine in the movie? Yeah. yeah remember, he says, don't drink this. Don't drink it. Drink. Bad. I can barely remember that. Oh, yeah. Take us some of this, Gabby. <laughs> you think? Well, we don't do moonshine no more, but we got like our own breweries now. I'm not talking about chasing the bluegills or Tommy Cod. He thought he knew something. I'm talking about shark, and I'm talking about porkers. Why was he trying to talk little. down to Hooper like that when it was obvious that Hooper had way more experience, a way nicer boat, and knew what he was doing when? Quint was acting like he was oh, in charge, but he I, didn't. Mm, the whole see, miss with miss when he lost his ray and he got mad. Oh, yes, you, you see. All right, I'm going to agree with you on that point. I mean, he definitely didn't have a shark. Okay, it was definitely a marlin or game of fish or you know, stingray, whatever. That he bit through the piano wire, that doesn't prove anything. I agree with. I I, I totally agree with Quint. I mean, excuse me, uh, Hooper, but I'll tell you this much. Did you see the way he was running that boat when they hooked up? <laughs> the Orca. The Orca. Okay, Hooper drives the boat. He couldn't drive a boat to save his life. No, he wasn't much He was a, a boat terrible driver. boat driver. Horrible. Okay. What? He spent, he spent all his time counting money. What term yeah. did Hooper use... <laughs> When he was trying to help them, the guys out of the dock the day the big tournament started, or the big bounty started, and like there were two guys that were docked next to each other, and he was like, don't race sail in here. You're just going to lump it. Yeah. That was it. You got to scull it out of here. What does that mean, scull it? Row. Just take a, take an oar and paddle out. Jesus. Yeah. All right, could you imagine doing that down there at the Lauderdale Yacht Club? I think that's all they know how to do. <laughs> okay, the Lauderdale Yacht Club... You got to be about 120 years old in order to be eligible for membership and have genuinely poor taste in clothing. So how many times did you get turned down? Over there? <laughs> oh, I'm telling. They won't even let me in there. Okay, sky blue knee high socks, black Bermuda shorts, anything with a duck on it is looked upon favorably, and that's that's your yacht club. How much? What's the going rate for the Lauderdale Yacht Club now? I don't know. I don't know what the downstroke is. You got to like be ten thousand a year. You, you got to be. No, you got to be sponsored. Now. 
Well, yeah, you got to be sponsored. You got to be sponsored. They got to like, you got to like agree that it's okay that you go in. And I think once you're in, you got to wear a patch, don't you? You got to, don't they have yacht club patches? Well, they have that. Like if you go to the annual or the uh, monthly meeting or whatever, you guys all show up with the same yacht club patch and all that. But I think I think I, I can think, see Sabokowitz just getting ready right now. I think now. it's fifteen to twenty grand a year. <laughs> I think it's fifteen to twenty grand a year to uh, for your membership, and then they take the cash, and then like say ten thousand of that is credit for food and drinks and anything else. Yeah. And then you either use it or you don't. Something like that. But um, I don't know. I think I pissed everybody off at the yacht club when we were fishing with the. Nicole Victoria and the Zen Dog, because Zen would enter all the yacht club tournaments and then we'd win and then they'd get pissed and then it was like oh well you know that guy's a pro he probably shouldn't even be in this tournament anyway, and basically that's just income racism, like they know I don't have the cash to put down for the membership and they know that you know you know my father was actually offered a membership. Well, your name ends in a vowel. <laughs> my father was was. was was offered a membership there, no, and he turned it down. There's no Italian members. There's Italian members uh, in the no, Yacht no, no, Club. No. I even know one. There's there's Italians. Not too many Jews. No Jews <laughs> at the Yacht Club. No, no, no. They Damn, may have changed if it's that. it's Italian, it's the wife. It's not the husband. Dan Pacella is a member. He's the, he's the kid. He's the, the kid's dad that rides around with the Trump flag on the flats boat. What's the name? Pacella. Dan Pacella. Things are changing. Right? Things are changing. But then again, he did marry old school Fort Lauderdale girl Schofield. So that might have had something to do with it Probably. too. Probably. So he inherited it. Or he got like extra people to vouch for him to get in. He, he got sponsored up. Plus he had the cash. Are they taking cash at the Yacht Club? No. I don't think They're so. taking cash everywhere. I don't think they touch yeah. cash there. They'll juice you in. They take cash down there? I go down there. So I go down there 50 grand cash. If you went down there 50 grand cash, there would be somebody there to grand. take it. 500 grand like cash? You're kidding a good school. 500 grand. <laughs> okay, so proportionate to the college thing. Can we talk about that for a second? Who pays a half a million dollars to, to get their kid into USC? Uh, all right, Harvard, Yale. Well, if you go to Hollywood, USC, 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 USC Film School. But if you got two hundred and fifty mil, half a mil is no big deal for that. How much does that chick got? The husband has the money. How she much? has money. He's Mossimo Clothing. He's a clothing designer. Hundreds of millions. Yeah. Yeah. So if you got hundreds of mil, I mean, you know. and it's not that cut and dry. Okay, I got thrown out of a public school. By law, you have to go to a school. So now what? Now I go to a private school, right? right. What happens yeah. when I tell my mom, no, we don't want him here either? Then my mom has to cough up more money. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you go to that school. And then I get thrown out of that. <laughs> private school. And then it's like, oh, wow. I wonder if he can go into high school. So he only got thrown out of middle school. No, by then they, uh, they end up as, as deckhands on ADOC. Then I end up going to another public school get thrown out of that <laughs> and now the word is really out like this school that oh, was Pinecrest Westminster Gibbons American Heritage da, da, da. you're done oh you're blacklisted blacklisted you're totally blacklisted you have to move to a different city so everybody got it real quick or a different like, county oh she paid 500,000 to get her kid in college well what if, what if the other schools turned them down see everything's so capitalistic nowadays like when I was getting into college, no one thought about cash. We were all worried about our 40 times. And if you had a decent 40 time, that was kind of like you having a... a jump shot you can get in. Right. That was kind of like having the half a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Now it's just straight... That's just straight cash. Right. It's all, about the, it's all about the cash. Straight up. And it was a slap in the face to Maritimers like you and me, Mom. Oh, Because man. She, got in, she got in under the crew, crew scholarship. You could buy a wing, or 500000 not buying a wing, but you could buy an equipment, something or other, fix up the weight room for 500000 get a plaque on there, and then get your daughter in. But these people were bribing people to take the SAT. Well, that's... Well, now... That's, I want to tell her, a lot of people old say school. that federal prisons 
are like country clubs. They're not. I've been to both. They're nothing alike. What do you mean you've been to both? I've been to both. You visited. The worst public. <laughs> what do we know? The best, um, nicest federal prison. Way worse than the Audeville Yacht Club or any of these country clubs. Dude, you got to shit in front of people. I could do it. No, let's, um, as a record straight, you were visiting. You weren't sentenced. We're talking about these people here in California that are paying <laughs> off other people to take this. He's avoiding. I think there's something he's not he's telling us. He's avoiding the. He's avoiding question. the question. They're, he's they're, deflecting. Um, he's totally deflecting. They're gonna do time. That girl's gonna do five years. Whether people like seeing her dragged off in handcuffs, that's another thing. You don't think they're gonna drag her off in handcuffs? I'd like to see at least a perp walk. We didn't get that. That was Friday, right? A perp walk. A perp walk? Yeah. What's a perp walk? It's where you get arrested. And and when you get arrested, they walk you out to... Oh, with the uniform on? With the orange suit on? They're not doing that to her. No, but I mean, it would be great to see it. Did you remember that Lindsay Lohan thing? Was it Lindsay Lohan? I don't remember. She went to jail, and everybody was, was staked out watching the perp walk. It was like the biggest thing since OJ. Yeah, but that would... That chick, like... They gave her like 10 or 12 times not to do the walk. And then she kept screwing up so bad where they finally did the walk. Order. Oh, she was screwing up so bad they kicked her out of jail. She's the only only person I know that ever got kicked out of jail. <laughs> she got kicked out of jail. She wasn't released. She was kicked out of jail. That's what happened. All right. How do you get kicked out of jail? I thought... Yeah, it's hard to get kicked She was supposed to do like 30 days, and she ended up doing like 14 or 15. They had like a Lindsay Lohan watch. Yeah. Okay, not that I'm a TMZ-er over here, but I mean, you know, that's Busaka. He could probably talk a little bit more intelligently. Busaka's going to be here soon. Where is he? He's on his way over. Did you see that meme today about Saboka? I think Saboka put it up. (laughs) If you're going to do a, a, a movie, who plays you? Like, what actor plays you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that was that. genius. It yeah. was on the mullet run. So what actor would play you? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, look, it's a toss-up, okay? I'm thinking, I don't know if Billy Joel has ever done any acting, okay? But I could see it if he did, all right? Otherwise, I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm thinking that kid from... Uh, so you're thinking Billy Joel would do you, maybe? I'm thinking, yeah. That's pretty you're good. You're thinking Oliver from The Brady Bunch. Doing, doing me? Yeah. No, not Oliver. Um, who is the other kid? The middle one. Peter? Peter, yeah. Christopher Knight? Chris, very good. Uh, here Speaking we go. Of Christopher Knight and the Brady Bunch. Here we go again. These guys talking about actors and stuff by their first names like we know what they're talking about. <laughs> now, I think, it, I, think if, I think I would get Tom Cruise to play me. Tom Cruise? Right. As his role in Castaway. That was Tom Hanks. Oh, no, no, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. I'm sorry. See, this is how much I pay attention to movies. Tom Cruise would play you. Tom Cruise, Risky Business. Uh, Yeah, Tom Cruise. Who's the guy that played Joe Dirt? David Spade. David Spade. I'm kind of thinking more or less David Spade. But David Spade playing Joe Dirt as Jeff Maggio. I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who that uh, is. Y'all have to go out there and, and look it up and tell me if I'm if I'm off base. You know who would play Robert Sylvia? Oh. Ron Jeremy. I, I was just all day long. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Which one's Ron Jeremy? Ron Jeremy, you know, the the, 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 you uh, know, the, the X-rated actor. Yeah. So Lusaka walks in here and just takes the mic from Lamont. I didn't just take it from you him. You did. I just watched you take it from him. He handed it to me. That's, yeah. that's, that's BS. That, that, you know what that is? That's entitlement. Is that that's entitlement? That's the difference between... Our generation in his. The millennials. Do you consider yourself a millennial? Not a typical You have a job, don't you? I do. And you don't live in your mother's basement? No. He's trying this case. He may be. We're proud of you, by the way. Yeah. But look, you come in, you take Lamont's headphones, you take Lamont's mic, and look, you hurt his feelings. He's over there in the corner. He's gone now. I'll make it up to him. He knows I'll make it up to him. I think you're right. I think it's a sense of entitlement. I think it is. Hey, at least I said please and thank you. 
I didn't hear it. A lot of, well, I mean, yeah. I didn't hear you. I said, didn't oh, hear can it. I have the mic, please? I didn't hear it. Oh, can Do I you have... mind if I sit in, guys? Can I have the headphones? Oh, thanks, Lamont. I didn't hear that at all. <laughs> I said it really low. I didn't want to interrupt your guys'... Uh... I didn't want to steal your guys' thunder, you know, so I said it real low. Man. You said it real low. I said it real low. Low and slow. You can hear everything on these mics. It's fantastic. I'm starting to think that... I think when we do the playback... I'm gonna we're going to have to listen I'll, for it. I'll, I'll turn up the volume like real high and find out. So we were just talking about, you know, who who would play you or us as, as you know, if they made a movie, a fishing movie about us. Who would play you? I know who would play you. But the you, dude from I, American Pie would play Busaka. No, but very close. Who? Very Wait, close. American, I, you know, no, I Jason Biggs, no. Who would play Definitely not Stifler. Am I the only one that doesn't know these actors by first names? Please okay. call them by their character in the movie, in the movie. Okay. okay, there's one person that I could maybe see, but I don't think any of you guys... Well, you might know who he is. Fredo. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. Rest in peace, Cazales. Yes. Who? Fredo. No, not Fredo. I'm thinking maybe... Alex Remember Alexis Denisoff? From? Who? Uh, Allison Hannigan's husband. No. No. Oh, you no. guys are killing me. Well, who, well, hold on a second. Who, who was going to play Jeff? Did we, did we settle on it that? Was, it was um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, Jesus. In the, back. in the... Tom Cruise... I could see... As Tom Cruise playing his character in Born of the Fourth of July, I could kind of see that. <laughs> no, no, no. I could see Robert Shaw Sibokowitz didn't ask. No. did not ask you guys who you thought should play you. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. That's exactly what he no, did. Yeah. he didn't... No, he didn't. He didn't ask about you guys. Like, you're supposed to answer for yourself, not for me. Yeah. No, and you guys are answering that. for me. <laughs> but you actually see yourself as Tom Cruise? No. But I just think it's rude that you guys are answering for me. First, Busaka takes Lamont's stuff. Then you guys start answering for me. We're gonna have to like have an etiquette. I, I, I gotta tell you who will play Busaka. Oh. Okay, John Cryer. Yes. All day long. Yes. John Cryer. John Cryer. From uh, 16 Candles. 16 three Candles. Three, 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 uh, three and a half men or two and a half men. <laughs> not, oh, that was the not one Charlie, Charlie Sheen's Sheen. brother. Not, he, right? Or he, not Charlie Sheen? I can kind of see. As Jeff? As Jeff. I could kind of see that. I could see. As an older Charlie Sheen, it's just kind of sliding. I could see Robert Shaw if he had longer we, black hair. Will you please Jeff. pull up the meme? Does it say anything about talking about the other person? No. It doesn't, right? No, it doesn't. So why are these guys talking no, about it's like me? Open for, it's an open discussion. It's an open discussion. Like, you say who you want to play you, and then unless you turn commenting off, then other people can be like, oh, thumbs up, thumbs down, yay, nay. Who, Norm, who do we say, who do we say would play you? Well, I had a, I, the only way that I responded was to ask a question, and the question is, uh, does Billy Joel do any acting? Oh, duh, that's right. How do we forget that? Okay. Otherwise, it's Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. yeah. No, Robert Otherwise, Sylvia's it's Bruce the, Willis. So you're Robert just picking bald people. Huh? So you're just picking bald people. Cool bald people. Yeah, yeah, because, no, hair is irrelevant, because they can fix that in makeup. If it can be an actor, they shave his head. Here, let me see. Let me just... <laughs> well, I can see it coming right now. No, it, you know what? I'm thinking. You know who I got? You, you know what I used to tell? You know who used to? Uh, I used to get Wait. Mikey from Life Serial. Let's look him when up. When I was a kid, when I was a little kid, they said I looked exactly like Mikey from Life Serial. You remember those commercials? Hey, Mikey, he likes yeah, I remember, it. I remember. Yeah, hate right. the Pop Rocks. Died, they, came back. No, that was the Beaver. I found Norm. Oh, you guys can't Vince D'Onofrio. <laughs> I can see it. Pile? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Jeff, what do you think? Maybe. Vince D'Onofrio could play Norm. Maybe. I gotta see, like, I didn't see that movie or nothing. I gotta see, like, the person in action, acting. Busaka, me and Norm are gonna take the Scarborough out on multiple sessions to try to catch a Blue Marlin. Yeah. And we were just kind of wondering if you would get off the sheep's head docks and maybe at least do one or two trips with us. Dude, you're not even going to ask me twice. I, you, I think that's definitely in. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. How old are you now, Norm? 
51. And I'm 50. So that means you get to pull in the dredges. Deal. The young guy Yeah, but he's got to rig the dredges. I don't trust him. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I will let him pull in the dredges. I don't dredges. know if we can fish a dredge from my boat. Oh, we're definitely fishing dredges from your boat. Yeah? I'll show you. Okay. But yeah, no, the, the, I, yeah, we're doing dredges, and uh, we might only do one big dredge down the center. We might not do two small dredges, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking like a 48-item dredge right down the center, right in the white water, and then run two more teasers right off the gunnel, right off the cleats on the top. Yeah. Have one bait in the water, short right behind the dredges and the teasers. Have one bait in the water long, and that's it. And that's it. That's all you need. And a pitch bait in case like a yep. really big one pulls up, but yeah. I don't think a really big one's gonna come up. So we're gonna be going for blue marlin, right? Yeah. That's what you guys yeah. used to do, you and uh, Mitchell in the Bahamas, right? Mitchell and I used to do the tournaments, some tournaments over in the Bahamas, and then we also, uh, I used to run uh, Mark Tupper's boat back in those days, and then when I would take that boat out, we would either do a tournament or we'd go to some destination. He liked to go down south. He liked to go down to Cat Island, and uh, Mitchell would often go with me on those trips. Cat was a special place. Cat's still a special place. As a matter of fact, if you want to go someplace special in the Bahamas anymore, you kind of need to get way down south. And Case out. Quesal Bank. Yeah, Quesal's a Quesal's an awesome place. I mean, like the Abacos now is like the Keys. I mean, there's people everywhere. everywhere. Oh my! They God. all go to the Abacos. And they're not. And Exumas too. Right. And, you, and you would think there'd be that many more people fishing for blue marlin. They're not. No, they're, they're fishing not. for dolphin. They're not even doing that. They're bar hopping. <laughs> well, I was still feeding I was, pigs. That's what chubs become. Feeding pigs, spear fishing. The only there's only one real guy that's in chub right now. Who's that? That's Skipper. Gentry. Yeah. yeah. Skipper's... Actually, I think he's on Andros. But I think all his all his customers go to Chubb. I liked it because he pulled that Carolina boat down to uh, Lunkercon. What was that, three years ago? Yeah. That was kind of cool. I was telling Jeff uh, yesterday, I think that me and I was there. are going to go down to yeah, Bimini. Yeah. Huh? No, I was telling you yesterday, I think, I think me and my buddy might go down to Bimini. And yeah, Busaka wants to go over to Bimini and wade for uh, Bonefish. Bonefish. Have you caught a bonefish? It's, I haven't. It's really spectacular. That's what I've heard. I've done it over there, and i got to tell you something. You're in the water the whole time. Well, most of the time, you're in the water. Yeah. Okay? And when you fish the tide change, you feel that rush of warmer water. Okay? Because when the tide goes out, the, the water gets cooler. Okay? It actually gets cooler. And that, that new water, when it comes in on the tide change, it gets a little bit warmer, and everything on that flat just comes to life. And you see those big, first you see those big schools of Maharos. see the big schools of Maharos. And then the Maharos split and the big bonefish show up. And it's it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. See, I never I never bonefished in Bimini. Oh, yeah, it's there's great. There's a ton of it out in the Abacos and stuff. But yeah. There's supposed to be a ton of them over there in Bimini. Oh, yeah, dude, they get huge flats. And they get big ones. Yeah, they do get big ones. There are not a lot of places in the Bahamas where you, where you can reasonably expect to catch... A big bonefish. For whatever the reason, most Bahamian bonefish are small, small. Yeah. but there's there's lots of them. Like, you'll see a school of 500 fish. Right. Okay? Really? Right, but, yeah. but Bimini is one of those places where you can catch a big fish. Okay? Andros is another one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I never spent any time in the backcountry in Bimini. I'd go over there for a tournament, maybe, or for a one-nighter, maybe, but never spent any time, like, on the back the island or anything well i'll tell you how how i found out about it okay it was years ago this is probably 1980 80 or 81 uh, a boat called the screaming eagle i don't know if you remember I that boat remember this okay was that, a, was that a striker it, no it was a uh you're thinking of the war eagle yeah it was okay uh the screaming eagle was a bertram okay and uh eric uh eric was the captain i'm trying to remember his last name i'll remember it. um at any rate, uh, they caught they caught a big blue marlin in Bimini on a rigged bonefish. Yeah, I've heard okay? that. And, yep. yeah, I've heard that. I've and heard that. everybody ran to the flats to go stock up <laughs> on bonefish. Okay, so you that had guys. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Dude, this everything is was illegal over there. Yeah. Okay, and so we were going over there. We went over there and we're catching, you know, half dozen bones, six, seven bones, freezing them. And head rigging them the next day, okay. And they caught fish. 
to take a lot of Busaka, you know, it's not exactly what you would call a natural progression from going from sheep's head straight to, no, straight to bonefish. Well, I got to tell you, Ryan up in Canada was the one who inspired me because if you guys have noticed, I think in the past two years, he's been the only one that was actually posting a bonefish. Then bonefish, man. He was the only one, and he caught it in the Bahamas. No, he caught it in Cuba. He caught it in Cuba. He caught it in Cuba. Cuba. Oh, was Cuba? Yeah. Okay. But still, I mean, I mean, the Canadians are the one that posted the bonefish, and I'm just—I I, want to actually try to kind of follow in his footsteps. Well, I th- isn't Kean catching bonefish? No. Kean? Kean? Yeah. Where is he? Where was? I fishing? haven't seen Kean in forever. He caught that one wahoo, and I think he's—I think he retired. He retired that after the wahoo. That was the last time I saw Kean fish. That was a big wahoo. We should do a Kean watch. Like, has anybody seen Kean? Yeah. So Basaka, I would strongly suggest. Sight fishing for your sheep's head in, prepa- in preparation mm-hmm. for stalking the bones. Now, I do have a serious question though. How far, like if you're using a live shrimp for those bone fish, mm-hmm. how far of a lead do you want to give them? In the Bahamas? Yeah. Five, it depends on how feet. fast they're moving. Yeah. From my experience, I mean, most of the bone fishing I've done was in Grand Bahama and Abaco. Yeah. But if you get anywhere close to the school, 90% of the time, they run over to it and just get it. It's not like Biscayne Bay or Island right. Marada. Oh, I, did a, I did a lot of bone fishing with Croca. Okay. Island Marada. No, in, in Biscayne Bay. In Biscayne Bay. Okay. okay. And a lot of people don't know this about Biscayne Bay. And I mean, Carl Ball can tell you all day long. Okay. But Biscayne Bay has some of the best bone fishing. You don't have to go. Miami is, is, is so good. You don't have to go far to catch a bone fish. You want to catch a bone fish? Go with Carl Ball in Biscayne in, in Biscayne Bay, Biscayne Bay. and spe- you'll catch a bonefish. I spent a lot of time in Biscayne Bay bone fishing, with- and <clears throat> you got to make the correct cast in Absolutely. Biscayne Bay. Yeah, you do not necessarily have to make the correct cast in Abaco or Grand Bahama. You're almost casting most of the time to a school of fish, instead of one fish. And then when you when the fish when your bait hits the water, the fish is curious and goes over to it a lot of times. The Bahamian bones are certainly first timer friendly. Okay, that's for sure. I mean. But to catch a bonefish in Biscayne Bay, you got to know how to throw. Yeah, you got to be tall. Got to know how to throw. Okay, and I mean, I can tell you all kinds of stories about Croco. Croco was so good. He'll tell you where the bonefish was going to be coming from and to, and he'd tell, he'd make you make practice casts to the spot. It'd be staked out on a flat, chumming that spot. He says, "All right, the bonefish are going to come out of the channel. They're going to come from left to right, and this is this is your shot." Okay, mm-hmm. and he'd make you make that shot with a bait. You know, three, four, five times, and then sure enough, here they come, just like they were on cue. Boom! And if you didn't put it right on the dinner plate, you wouldn't catch. You wouldn't get them. You see, this is this is where Google and all the social media and search engines fail, because they're not. If you type in best bone fisherman or best inshore fisherman ever, I don't know. You might get Black to Beach. You won't get. But you're not going to get. You won't get Mark Croca. You're not going to get Mark Croca. Do you Croca? know Mark Croca is the winningest backcountry guide ever? Didn't know He's that. got more wins under his belt in tournaments, in Keys backcountry tournaments, tarpon tournaments, bonefish tournaments, whatever. Okay? He's done it all. All I can tell you about Croca is he was my inspiration to be a full-time inshore guy. Oh, he was running the dog. Right. He was doing, yeah. he was doing stuff that I did... Decades him and, him after, Richard Fairbanks. Decades before. Yeah. And I would be, you know, I was young. I was 8, 9, 10, 12 years old. And I'd be up there at Lauderdale Marina and be sitting on that. He had a flat skip way back then, which was not normal. Like, you didn't no, see nobody flat fished skips. here in a flat skip. He didn't see flat skips. He no. had the uh, Mavericks. And, um, Still does. I would watch him, and I'd just be like, man, that guy actually fishes inshore here. You know, I'm... I'm doing the offshore stuff, and I know yep. about the big boats and about the Blue Marlin tournaments, and then I come back to the gas dock, and there's Croca. And he was the first person that I was actually inspired to get into this line of work. Like, he inspired me because I knew that he could do it right here in Fort Lauderdale, and I knew that he was one of the best dudes in the industry, and I was like, if he can do it, I can super, do it. Super, super nice guy, and when you fish with him, you know, look, there's there's a difference between charter captains and guides. Correct. Okay? And there's a bit there's the big difference is is a char uh, is a guide knows everything about 
how that fish is going to react given the tide, given the wind, given your weather conditions, given the time of the year, okay? They know where they're going to move. They're going to know how they're going to move. They're going to know what they're going to respond to and all of that stuff. Jeff knows all that stuff, okay? And, you know, Mark, going with a guy like Mark, you be, it's almost like you're talking to a marine biologist as much as you are a guide. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You get an education in the biology uh, of the uh, fish as much as you do about how to catch it. Got any clue how old Croca is now? Croca? Oh boy. He's so got to be. He's. I. I'll bet you. I bet you Mark Croca is fifty-six or fifty-seven. I don't think he's sixty yet. Oh, so he's relatively young then. I don't know. I think he's older than that. I'm 50. You're 51. Croco was guiding when we were in high school. I should call him up on the phone right now. Croco was guiding when I... I bet he's close to 60. I bet he's close yeah, to 60. Yeah, he might be. He might be. I haven't seen him in 15 years. I used to see him every day last year when I was in the Keys. That's pretty Not cool. last year, but the year before. He was fish right out of uh, Bud and Mary... Or, um, he, <clears throat> what is that? Wide World of Sportsman Marina? Yeah, he would, pick up, he would pick up bait at Worldwide. Oh, okay. So he'd come in there and stock, stock up on crabs and shrimp and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, so I saw him fairly frequently. I probably saw him two, three times a week. Uh, but just just a genuine golden dude. I mean, he's he's a real guy from way back. What's up with all the signs in the keys telling you what you can't do? What you especially, can't do? What you can't do, like, especially like Isla Mirada area. You know what it is? What? Miami. What do you mean? Miami has infected the keys. Okay? And... and Elaborate. I don't get, explain exactly what you mean because Miami. I love Miami. Okay, I love it for its natural beauty and its and its fishing and Ooh. everything. Its food. The, but the people that don't stay in Miami in the weekends go to the Keys, and it's awful. I mean, these people come down there. They don't care about the Keys. They bring their jet skis. They bring their quad screw sandbar boats well they're down there and they're just they just infect the keys so that's why there's signs up everywhere telling you you can't do this and you can't do that yep because the kids like we spent a little bit of time down there in the summers because the wife's partner's got a nice place down there and a lot of our friends have places down there and we go down there and i kind of want the kids to you know get off their phones and go explore maybe do some fishing off the docks maybe yeah. go find a bridge somewhere or whatever and um it's hard you can't do it there's so many rules and regulations and everybody's a friggin rat down there and and i'll tell you what everything else about the keys it, it's like you're laughing there are a no, bunch of rats true. down there there's a there's a whole bunch of rats down there. i tell you no i'll tell you a quick story so we're down there in isla Mirada, okay and i'm with my brother-in-law who's a canadian dude and he'd never really been down to the keys and um, never really saw the crawfish and stuff before. So uh, we're there, we're hanging out, and you know how all the crawfish are by the main shore along the rocks and stuff where you're not allowed to spear them or anything, yep. or catch them or anything. And um, so we jump out of the boat, and we're swimming over there, and I'm showing the kid all the lobsters. And somebody is standing on the shore, maybe 20 feet from us, on the phone with the cops. Yep. And just I, looking at them. Just ratting them out. All we're doing is looking at the crawfish. Yeah, I'm showing them what they look no. like because we're going to go out later and try to get some out in the bay. And I'm like, yeah, you got to just know how to see them. Once you know how to see them, it's pretty easy. And he's like, I'm like, they're all over the shoreline here. So we went over there, we swam over there. We're looking at the crawfish. I pop my head out of the water, and some idiot's sitting there on the phone with the cops and then yelling at me about being there. And I'm like, dude, I was like, I don't even have a bag or a set of gloves to harvest any of these things. I'm simply showing my brother-in-law, who's never seen a crawfish, a crawfish before. You think the person would talk to you like a normal person? No, they talk to you like a rat. And the next thing you know, the cops were there. And I'm like, what are you guys getting all upset about? Yeah. We don't have any crawfish. We didn't try to get any crawfish. We're just swimming in the water because of some rat. It's mini season. Mini season is, is, is what has brought that on okay over the years mini season has become this i don't even know what to call it it's 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 insane 
Okay, <laughs> you it don't is. even you don't even go. I'll I put it to you another way: the weekend of mini season, I didn't take any charter trips because I didn't want to be out there. Or if we if or if I did take a charter trip, we had to fish the humps. We had to go way offshore. I didn't want to be anywhere near any of the reefs during mini season because it was that insane. Yes. Okay. And and you just you can't you can't deal with it. Okay. And all these guys they come down the keys and they wreck the keys and they they litter everything and now they're taking lobsters from docks and all kinds of places. You know, the, what you dealt with there, there's a rule you cannot take lobsters from uh, shorelines man- and, and man-made structures. Right. Okay, so you can't dive around the bridges. Obviously, they don't want guys staked out around the bridges where all the traffic is. They don't want them along the docks. They don't want anybody diving on their personal property. And I get it, okay? I For under- safety. I understand the rules. But the residents have taken it to that next level. Well, I mean, like, you know, we were staying in the same call it resort or area you know where we were looking at the crawfish and the person could have spoke with me first and said hey sir he could have been a gentleman about it you do realize that you can't harvest crawfish from the shore like this right but instead of doing that he was on the phone with the cops yeah he wanted to be a social warrior and he wanted to go back (laughs) and brag to the rest of the people in the civic association on how he's like you know some super tough guy rat that's going to be the whoever when i lived down there i had i had run-ins with people like that so you know what i'm talking okay about. i know exactly it's not fabric- what you talk I'm not, no. not fabricating no i had i had run-ins with people like that and i dealt with them accordingly well it just it pisses me off when but you also have to look at it another way well, okay, and you have to look at it from their perspective, okay? You know, you live down there, you you live and work in the Keys, okay? And you got all these people that come down from Miami, and they are from Miami, I promise you, okay? And they disrespect the Keys. I understand, okay? I understand. You wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want that. You don't like it when they come down here. Okay, and you got all these boats flying around all over the place and everything else like that, and they're disrespecting our waterways. Well, it's the same thing with the guys down there, but it's a little bit more provincial down there because these guys really take it to us a, a little bit. It's kind of like step. an extension of like a condo commando it absolutely mentality is. down there. Oh, yeah, and uh, not only the adults have to deal with it. But the kids that are running around trying to have a good time are dealing with it also. And it's just hard for me to, uh, how do I say, put my guards down and relax. No, you can't. You can't. Especially if you've got kids. You can't. You can't. So instead, I think we're going to totally bypass everything north of Long Key. It's not a bad idea. You know what I mean? It's not a bad idea. And I'll tell you what, you know, listen, a lot of these guys, they got hurt real bad from Hurricane Irma, and they're just starting to come back in the Keys. And I do do mean that. I mean, it takes, generally speaking, it takes a year for a tourism destination such as the Keys to come back from a major hurricane. Because if you think about it, you know, most people plan their vacations at least a year out. Right. Okay. And they and they they you know they save all their money and this is they're going to go to the Keys for a week or two and you know listen that's that's what they do and so when Hurricane Irma hit and it wrecked everything they all pulled their money back out of there okay and they made plans to go elsewhere so now it took a year for the Keys to bounce back and now it is bouncing back and I can tell you this much right now if you're if you're planning to go to the Keys you know. Go down there, show some respect, okay? Go down there, be low-key, don't be from Miami, okay? You guys from Miami, y'all need to go someplace else. Either stay in Miami, go, go to, you know, do the South Beach thing, okay? But the guys from Miami, they, the jet skiers, the sandbar guys. The sandbar people are they, tough. They, those guys, they need to just stay out of, out of the keys because they're just worthless. They're worthless and... You think it's destroying the attitude amongst the residents there. That's why they're on. That's why they're so amped up. Well, okay. They also need to get rid of uh, mini season. 
Yeah, you can catch lobsters all year I know, long, I and never, everybody freaks out over mini I season. I never understood the big rage for mini season. I really did it years ago. It was kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, because okay, you know, it was mini season, but it wasn't like. Like you're saying, it wasn't like complete chaos for three days. No. And the Bahamas is the same way. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I'm over there. We're in Scotland Key, right? Yeah. It's a private island. And, I mean, my friend that has the place over there in Scotland is virtually at his dock yelling at people to stay away from his dock where he sets his own what they call condos over there for his own little lobster catch. Yeah. And literally is policing his own backyard and realize this is 200 miles out in the middle of the Atlantic. But because of many season over there, yeah. it's totally nuts. It's, 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 it's crazy. It is. It's, it's totally nuts. So you're right. They should get rid of it. Ow! You oh. should get rid of many season. But anyway, Norm, I think it's a pretty good session for a podcast today. Now, Norm being a local here and being a good buddy of mine, I think we're going to have him back over and over again. We're going to call him a regular uh, character on the podcast. And um, if you guys got any questions for Norm or want to reach out, you can do it through the Real Guy Podcast Facebook group. Um, also, that's where we host um, and publish all the podcasts first as they first go to that group. And some new information is uh, we're finally getting up on iTunes, Blueberry, Podbean, Spotify, and... I was going to say Stitcher, but it didn't accept my feed, so... I have absolutely no idea what any of that is. These are all different places that you Stitcher? can... Stitcher? Stitcher. What the heck is Stitcher? Basically, it's is like... Is that somebody with a, with a sewing machine? Uh, no. But you can go to Stitcher. What is Stitcher? It's a, it's a website that hosts podcasts, just like iTunes. There's another site called Blueberry. There's another site called Podbean. Yeah, dude... I know, I know. I'm not exactly like... I'm over here shaking my head. Well, I'm not exactly like up on this stuff, but I do believe that podcast is the future for this type of conversation in media. Because there's no other place that you can sit down. We've been sitting down for an hour now. Yeah. Um, talking about whatever we want to talk about, and anybody else can enjoy or not enjoy whatever it is that we're talking about. And we can get into things and laugh and have a good time and actually... It's well, it's like a radio. You know what it is. You know what podcasts are. Back before there was television, there was only radio. Right. Okay. And it was all scheduled, and they had you know X Y Z radio shows. Right. Okay. And now podcasts are bringing that back because of the invention of the computer. Well, correct. And you know, everybody. It's a, it's a radio show, and everybody can have their own audience. Right. Exactly. Right. So anyway. it's like YouTube of radio. Yeah, dude, you, YouTube's got me. I'm I'm am so done with YouTube and all these algorithms and stuff. I was watching uh, some fishing shows on the Discovery Channel today, which is kind of what we're on the Discovery exactly, Channel. which is kind of what we're down to because the Sun Foxes and those shows like that are fading away. There's not near as many of them. The ones that are on the local networks now, Sun Channel, they totally blow. There's a couple of them that are still good. Uh, to you and me, because yeah. we're 50 yeah. and we're way into fishing, but most of them stink. And the way the they're basically like infomercials. So if you want to get like a real story, that sport fishing TV, I saw an episode of that the other day. It's just a giant. Infomercial. It's giant infomercial. Right. It was horrible. It's tough. It's That's tough. John Brownlee's show. And you he ought to be ashamed of himself. Uh, I don't know about being ashamed of himself, but he's a product of the of the industry. Absolutely. You know, and the industry wants that. The industry pays for that. So they, they produce that. But Discovery is not supposed to be like that. But what Discovery has done, it's very similar to YouTube, <clears throat> is they've gone with, okay, largest number of eyeballs. So first there was a show on sharks. Then there was a show on rays. Then there was a show on Goliath groupers. Back to back to back. And it makes me sick. It totally makes me sick. Well, it's like Shark Week. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, it, it's all the you same know, thing. You know, you know, it's 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 the same formula, and they just plug in a different fish. <laughs> well, basically, what they're doing is they're totally bypassing the small groups of people that are into right. that are into various forms of sport fishing, right? And going after the masses. When was the last time you saw a blue marlin get caught on a TV show? 
Correct. When was the last time? Correct. They don't do that. I think it was the American Sportsman in 1980. They don't do that. Be- Kurt Gowdy. Right. They don't do that. And if they did do that, it'd be by like it'd be an accident where they got the footage. But it wouldn't be about the trip on. All right, we're gonna go for the quest of a blue marlin and then go catch one. Yeah. You know, the last. The last stuff I can remember was, um, what was it called? Extreme, extreme bill fishing, where Norm Isaacs was on ESPN. The, the covering the BRXL. The BRXL, right? Which Norm you, Isaacs was a cool guy. Norm was very cool. I yeah. met him a few times at the boat yeah. shows over there. He's very nice and everything. But that was the last organization of people that actually I tried to put right. Blue Marlin from I can remember. Yep. I could be wrong, on TV. Yep. And Team Affinity and all those guys. Right. I remember those guys. Yeah. Sure. And it was phenomenal, that. but it was expensive. Well, they traveled. They had they had all kinds of travel expenses. Oh. But the, you got to remember something. The guys, what they were, but they did something smart. Okay. Uh, instead of creating something that didn't exist, they just filmed stuff that was already going, already there. Okay, right. the BXRL already existed. They didn't exist for the TV show. Right, it wasn't fake. Right, exactly. So they already had all those teams. They already had those boats that were already over in the Dominican Republic and Cap Canna and all those other places. But Norm's biggest job in that whole show was to get enough money, to raise enough money to do the production. It's all about production anyway, right. no matter what you're doing. But it, the, the production to do Blue Marlin or right. any type of real sport fish, yeah, other than sharks... Manatees, groupers, and rays. Other than that, hence, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because really, I mean, that's what is coming coming down to. Let's game the algorithm. Let's do another Goliath. Let's do another shark, so we can get another million people that aren't fishermen. Oh yeah, to click on it. Yep, and it totally makes me sick. And I'm like, I'm not holding back anymore. And then what happens is. They do. They do. Uh, they do sponsored ads for those television shows on your YouTube and on your uh, Facebook and all your uh, social media outlets. And you know what that does? It brings a heightened awareness to all these different types of, of sport fishing. Okay, but the people that are keying in on it all of a sudden think that they're internet experts. Right. Well, I tell you... I, I tell can't you, stand internet experts. Well, I tell you right now. If you think somebody is a fishing expert because they catch sharks and goliath groupers and rays... Nope. Check yourself. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's like killing me. I'm talking watch. about the guy from Indiana. Right. Okay. In the middle of winter, and he's telling everybody how to catch goliath groupers. Mm-hmm. Or he's commenting... Well, he's a fishing expert because he can catch Goliath groupers and sharks. I mean, really. That's what kind of... Well, that's, that's, that goes back to what we started the show with, and it's probably a great way to end the show. Okay, the podcast, whatever you want to call it. And it goes back to, you know, are, if you're out there and you're catching a lot of dolphin, are you really an expert? <laughs> dolphin are to South Florida what bluefish... Are to New England. If you're an expert blue fisherman, are you really an expert fisherman? Well, I think everybody's a little bit too concerned about being an expert. At least those fools are out there trying to get their mahis and stuff. And um, by the way, speaking of mahis, did you see that big mahi that they caught on the Lady Pamela? I did. Your your buddy. That's, I thought that was your Uncle Remus. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that Ooh, Lady Pamela dude was your Uncle Remus. 72 pounds. That's huge. That's huge. We've been seeing a lot of big fish. Yeah. A lot of big fish. Didn't you want to go down and interview uh, JB about this potential world record? Oh, I, I thought we should have him. I thought we should have him on the podcast at some point. I'm going to reach out to him. JB would be great on a podcast. If you guys don't know who JB is, JB uh, is down A Dock here in Fort Lauderdale, Bahiamar. He's got the pink boat called the Fox. No, not anymore. What? I don't think he's on the Foxy anymore. I think he's running. He's, he's all over the place. He sold the Foxy. Did he? Yeah, he sold it. I, I think he that. runs it from time to time, and then I think he's bouncing around on the happy day, but he's still on A Dock. Okay. Yeah, and, he's still around. And they caught, what was it, 100 and. It was a 99 or 90. 
Like a 99-pound kingfish. Which would have been a state record? Or it would have been a new world record. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to get JB on and maybe talk about that. That'd be kind of cool. Plus, I'd like to get his uh, his uh, side to uh, modern-day uh, fun fishing tournaments and that kind of thing. He's a salty character. You know what else I'm going to get down there from my doc? Is... Uh, JT, I'm gonna get John Tedder. Oh, absolutely. He's old in school. In fact, you have both of those guys. You have both of those guys in the uh, in at the same time. I think that'd be a blast. Yeah, that's old school. They've been around forever. They caught tons of fish. But anyway, Norm, thanks for coming in. We look forward to having you in the future. Uh, let's wrap this podcast up. Yep. Today's podcast was brought to you by LunkerDog.com, Captain Jeff, the Lunker Dog, Lamont Jones, and Better Duck Studios. Special guest. Norm Beckoff and Stephen Busaka. Thanks for tuning in. And run that dog, guys. Run, run that, that dog. dog.